Welcome to Intentional Box, Season 1, Episode 14. I'm Lou Landers. You can find me on Twitter at Landers Talks, Sports Overnight America, and Sirius XM Armed Forces Network as well. I'm joined here by my co-host, Mark Mancini. The madman, they call him. They also call him the world's worst handicapper. <laughs> Whoever he picks, you take the other side. But Mark, we have a ton to talk about here. We got trade deadline stuff coming up, a big-time series around the league in the NL West, and really a whole lot more. Jam-packed show. I'll tell you, this is the most must-hear radio show that's sweeping the country. I'm so blessed to do this with you on a weekly basis, man. I'll tell you. Let's get to it, my brother. Let's tear it up. A lot to talk about. Yes, sir. So, of course, next week, I'm sure we'll be breaking down all the deals that happen between now and the end of the deadline, amongst other things. But there's been a bunch of deals that have happened in the past week, Mark. So let's kind of roll through them, get some takes on them. We'll start with the Nelson Cruz heading to the Rays from Minnesota. Kind of a no-brainer to me, really. Obviously, the Twins are sellers. Cruz... The DH staying in the American League and of the American League contenders, Tampa was kind of the only team that didn't have a full time DH. But he just completely transforms this lineup. The guys hitting in front of him, the guys hitting behind him, all are going to improve with the addition of Nelson Cruz. You know, you talk about the Twins, and and I got some friends in the Twin Cities. First thing that comes to my mind is. They're a great regular season team. I don't know what happened to this team in the playoffs. They've lost like 17 games in a row. And I mean, they've got a potent lineup uh, with the Donaldsons and all this. Now you get rid of a Cruz there. You hand him off to the Rays. We saw a guy that ate up innings uh, be uh, gone from there in Rich Hill last year. It's just crazy to see what's happening. Maybe the time is caught up on Rocco Baldelli there. Because when you when you think of the Twins... This is not the same twin team that I kind of saw over the years when Tom Kelly was running it. Different regime in there, and they don't really look good. I mean, it's a great-looking field and everything, bad team. But, you know, talking about the Rays, the Rays needed to get another bat in there. This is a, this is a team I can't quite figure out, man. They got a catcher hitting about a buck fifty, well below the Mario Mendoza line, but he's got like 18 home runs. He's kind of found a home there in Zanino. But you got Choi there. You've got other guys. You got role players. Just amazing what the Rays have done. And you get rid of a guy that ate up innings in Rich Hill, and now you send him to the Mets. I, I'm not high on the Rays, but you know they keep proving me wrong each and every week. You know the Rich Hill move is definitely puzzling at first glance because the Rays don't have a lot of starting pitchers right now, especially with Glass now being hurt. Uh, the young kid McClanahan has been good, though. Uh, Mets desperately needed pitching, of course, with Grom injured, Carrasco and Thor still not throwing pitches for them. So they needed the depth. But with Tampa, I mean, you're right. Zanino, although a great defender and a good power bat, certainly not a guy that hits for much average. Choi keeps getting it done, though. But Joey Wendell's a really good player. Wander Franco, the undisputed number one prospect in baseball, now up with the team, getting more comfortable. Brandon Lau is a very good player. Austin Meadows is a very good player. Randy Rosarena is a very good player. So the Rays have a lot of pieces 
Um, and they know kind of where to plug and play guys based on platoon advantages. And then, of course, adding this bat of Nelson Cruz, definitely a massive, massive move. But I do think they need a pitcher. Well, they do need pitching. And, you know, you're not going to win the division without it. I mean, even though Toronto's, you know, hanging in the wild card there, you still got to have those bats. You still got to have you know, uh, that, that, that the guy that eats up innings. And when you look at Toronto, if Toronto can start closing the gap on Tampa, you got Ryu, you got Matt, you got Stripling guys that can eat up innings. And it's something the Rays don't have. And if you want to match bats, the, the, you know, they got generation guys in Toronto. I really think in the second half here, you're going to see a slip here is Toronto is going to start moving up and Tampa is going to start moving down. And I think what you're going to have is a Toronto-Boston race to the finish here. I'm not sold on the raise. Maybe it's because of Cash, their manager there. I just don't think he knows how to platoon sometimes. You saw in the World Series, he pulled Snell out after throwing like 70 pitches when he was thoroughly dominating the Los Angeles Dodgers. That turned around that whole series. Uh, See, I got to step in here, man. I think... The complete opposite. I think Kevin Cash is a hell of a manager and is one of the best around at platooning, getting the absolute most. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so let me let me throw the scenario to you, Lou. Is if if you're a a a big name pitcher or you know you're number two or number three, do you want to take your chances going to Tampa, knowing that you usually throw 150 to 200 innings, and this guy's going to bring it all the way down to half that? Maybe that's that. You know, he's he's taking. You know, bread off your table in some well, ways. And, players you know, aren't going to have a choice, Mark, because Tampa's not going to go out there and sign players. They don't have the free agent capacity and the money to do that. And the only way they're going to get them is either draft and develop or trade for. So players don't really have a choice. Right. So in other words, basically what you're telling me is Tampa is going to be the new Montreal Expos. They'll be in the middle of the pack or maybe throw the Oakland A's in this matter. They'll be in the middle of the pack where people will feel, well, we get, we can compete, we can get in the playoffs, but we're not going to do anything to win a World Series here. We're just going to be in the middle of the pack. To me, that's shortchanging your fan base because when you look at the other side of this coin here, and people laugh at my Pittsburgh Pirates, but they got a, a, a thing in play there now. Now they're stockpiling the minor leagues. There's, they're, they got the fourth best you know, uh, minor league in the, in the uh, uh, country. And they can necessarily get to the number one here uh, soon enough. But what they're doing is they're repairing. They're building like the Houston Astros do. Now the question is, well, can they keep any of their players? Well, they can build around those players. They're building around a Reynolds. They're building around a Cabrian Hayes. You've started building around there. But I like their makeup more than a Tampa or an Oakland. Yeah, you get to the playoffs. Yeah, you compete every year. But you can't do nothing with it. And you're not going nowhere with it. Well, I mean, Tampa's been to a few World Series, a couple World Series, but yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I feel you, but at the same time, I mean, people said the same thing about the Marlins. They've gone to two World Series and won them. Uh, the yeah. whole, to me, getting to the playoffs is everything because anything can happen once you're there. Uh, Tampa has proven to be very consistently there, competitive and good, no matter what they do. And just to touch on that Snell thing quickly in with Cash, I mean... Hindsight's twenty twenty. In theory, it looks bad what Cash did, but all Cash was doing was what he had done all season long that got Tampa to that spot. 
he was he was doing exactly what he had done, what he'd been successful doing. It didn't work out that one time. It happened to be on the biggest stage possible. But you can't fault a guy for doing what he had done successfully all year long. Yeah, it just it, it, you know it, it was it was it was brought to the forefront because it was a bigger stage, and I would have ran Snell out there. He was totally dominating, and you saw on the bench with Mookie Betts and Bellinger and these guys. Once he came out, it changed the whole complexion of that game. They had no clue on how to solve Snell uh, up to that point. It didn't yeah. look like it was going to get solved in two more innings. You know the what, Mark? I, I think the Padres are wishing they had that version of Blake Snell right now <laughs> yeah. and this season because Snell has been dreadful. And uh, I saw before we got on air here, Oakland in San Diego this afternoon taken on Blake Snell, four runs off Snell in the first inning. So another rough start for Blake Snell. But speaking of Oakland, though, um, he's not in the lineup today, of course, for them, but they made a big trade with the Marlins. They sent young left-hander Jesus Lazardo to Miami for two months of Starling Marte. Oakland saying, we still think we can catch the Astros, and we certainly want to hold on to one of these wild card spots, bringing in a really good center fielder in Starling Marte. And now you got Loriano and Canna in left and right. I mean, very good defensive outfield, speed, power, everything you want there. Very nice move for the Oakland A's, who had been starting to slip a little bit. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Sarah Lamarte is a hell of a player. I remember him in Pittsburgh, very consistent. He's good for the community and everything. You know, he lost his wife uh, in Arizona. I remember that. And you know, a tough, tough go of it down there. And then going to the fish, he was great. And, you know, it's a big bat in Oakland's lineup. But when I look at Oakland, I look at their manager and he's a heartbreak uh, manager. He can't seem to win the big games. And, you know, and, and the Astros now uh, look like they're going to put a stranglehold on this division. Uh, the, the A's can't beat the Astros and the Angels can't beat the A's. So, you know, this is what we got in this division. And, boy, I'll tell you, you can say whatever you want. Dusty Baker is a proven winner wherever he goes. When it was San Francisco, Chicago, he was the Yeah, talk about a manager that hasn't been able to win the big game, though. It's Dusty Baker. Yeah, but here's the thing. He's a common influence for what they needed. The whole trash can thing. Oh, yeah, he was the perfect perfect signing, and... Um, everyone kind of wrote them off heading into this year, thinking they weren't going to be as good. No Verlander, another year right. without Cole, but, 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 this, but that, see, the other. But they, they've been excellent. They're fantastic. Well, look, look at look at these guys, and people can say whatever they want. They're over the hill. But when you look at La Russa, when you look at what uh, uh, Baker's doing, you know, you can say whatever you want about these guys. You know, they can't win or whatever, but – LaRusse and them have taken these guys and they've built up winners in Houston and Chicago. A la the Melvins and some of these other guys who have had the team for quite a few years and, and, and can't do anything with it. Case in point, the A's dominated the Astros last year during the regular season, beat them like a drum, I think nine out of 10 in a shortened season. And then they get ruled by the Astros in the playoffs. So who does that fall on? Yeah, Melvin's not batting. Melvin's not pitching. But he's preparing his team. He's underprepared. I don't. I, I think EA's got to go in a different direction. Otherwise, they're going to be like Tampa Bay here. And you, you know, you like it. I don't. You know, they're there every year. Yeah, you get in the playoffs. I'll, I'll take my chances. But more ways than one, they just can't seem to get the job done. 
I think it becomes a psychological thing. It's definitely a psychological thing. It's also maybe missing for Oakland. Uh, you know, in the last 15 years, they haven't really had an ace pitcher. The one time they did with John Lester years ago, uh, when they traded it for him from the Red Sox, they happened to have to play in the wild card game. Lester pitched well, and the bullpen blew it against the Royals. I don't know if you remember back yeah. to, uh, you know, a few, probably, what, 2014, 2015, yeah, somewhere in that exactly. range. exactly. I remember that. Yeah, but Oakland hasn't had that ace pitcher to get through the playoffs, which has definitely been a problem for them. And I think trading Lazardo, I like the move for Marte, but I don't think they can be done because they don't even have a nice grasp on the wild card right now. I mean, the Yankees, Mariners, and Jays are right behind them. Uh, well, not only I don't only know if they're going to catch the Astros well, either. So, well, the the, Mar- the Mariners are kidding themselves. They're not going to go anywhere. I'm not sold on them. No, I know. they're not. Uh, they're, 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 Speaking they're, of them, though, while we're talking Astros and Mariners, we should mention the very strange four-player swap they made yesterday. Yeah. Uh, not only are they playing each other, but divisional rivals, both contending for a playoff spot at the moment, at least. Astros getting Kendall Graveman and Rafael Montero bolstering their bullpen. Mariners get Joe Smith, who the Astros were kind of looking to get rid of anyways at his age. And they get a young switch hitter in Abraham Toro, who I do like, was making some noise for the Astros in Bregman's absence. But this is kind of a slap in the face to a lot of the Mariners players. They were not happy when this went down. They kind of looked at it as their uh, management kind of giving up on the team when they're like a game out of a wild card spot right now. But I definitely like the move for the Houston Astros, who also made her trade for Yimmy Garcia from the Miami Marlins. So that's three relievers added to the Astros in the past 24 hours. Sounds like the Atlanta Braves when they, they brought in all those guys, Melanson and uh, a crew of guys. And I think Tommy Green came over from Detroit when they started to bring all those guys in. It, it, we'll find out. You know, it works in the regular season. Let's see if it works in the postseason. But getting back to the Mariners, I don't. I, I, I can't take this team serious. I mean, Hell, everybody was buying stock in them. I think it was that year they won 116 games and got bounced. So, I mean, how do you take stock in a team like this? They got to show me they're the only team in Major League Baseball, I believe, that hasn't got to a World Series. Um, gotten to one. They might be right about that. I know they yeah. have not gotten to one. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've never been to the World Series. No, they have not. Uh, I guess the Brewers organization has been, so they yeah. wouldn't count. 1982, so, yeah. uh, the Brewers went. I think they lost to St. Louis when the Brewers are uh, the American, American League. League team. Yeah. 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 I do know that Seattle also has the longest playoff draft as well. They have not uh, gone to the postseason since that 116 win season in 2001. Uh, yeah. So. I don't think it's going to be this year either. Another trade here, though, before we move over to some second-half standouts and that big series in the NL West, um, San Diego Padres made a very big move. One of the biggest names on the trade market this year was Adam Frazier having a tremendous season for your Pittsburgh Pirates. Career year for him, all-star appearance for him, really good player, second baseman, outfielder, going to help the San Diego Padres regardless of where he plays my only question here is, are the Padres done? Because to me, there's no way they could be done. They need to bring in another arm. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You know, years ago, we saw the Padres make a splash in the winter, bringing Shields and Kemp and 
Meyer and all those guys in, and then two months into the season, they had a fire sale. Well, now we hold see- on. You say that. Every time this comes up, I have to I have to talk about it. That fire sale netted them Fernando Tatis Jr. Right. But here's here's the thing now. I think what the Padres have learned from that, and, I, and I'm totally against these things. If you're going to load up in the winter and then within two months get rid of everybody because nothing's going right, I think it's you're letting your fans down. But on the on that note, they went out, they signed the Hosmer, they signed the Machados, they gave Tatis, they started to build a core there. They were they were dead serious on what they wanted to do. The Cronenworths came in, the Profars, you brought the Darvishes, you brought the Snells. They traded for they Fam up, as well from Tampa. Right. They Tommy Fam, you, you you started to build out that bullpen with the Melansons. And and, and and everybody thought, okay, if it doesn't go off right, here we go. We're going to start selling guys. But the Padres aren't doing it. They're all in. And what the rest of the National League West is going to be concerned at is they're not going away anytime soon because the core is going to be there. You bring in a guy that leads the league and hits an Adam Frazier. He signed under contract in the next year. Now you're not going anywhere. So now you're going to get Clevenger back next year that they lost, you know, Lament might be back too. So now you got two guys that you weren't counting on. If you go, and I'm telling you this right now, I'm telling you, if they get a guy like Scherzer, it is definitely game over in the National League across the board. Now, they might have to unload their farm system a little, but if you get a guy like Scherzer in a one-game playoff, I'll match him up with anybody, whether it's a giant starter in Gosman, you can throw me Bueller, you can throw me Kershaw, I don't care. I would take Scherzer over any one of these guys. And the Padres, if they get a guy like Scherzer, which I think they are, beware National League. And, and I'll tell you, it, it, is, it is. They become the favorites. Oh, they easily become the favorites, Mark. <laughs> Not only in the, in the National League, but overall. And I think they win the division if they get Scherzer. <laughs> yeah. Problem well, is. It gets back to what we've been saying all along, my brother. I love this show. I'm feeling good. I got to sign. You light up a victory cigar. I said in the beginning of the year, the Padres would win this division by five games. Now, if it's the Dodgers, move out of the way. If it's the Giants, move out of the way. But they're going to win this division by five games. And there's a lot of talk in San Diego. If they get Scherzer, (laughs) oh, man. Yeah, what's crazy, though, is that their biggest competition, it's not just in the division and, and for wild card spots. The Dodgers and Giants are just as much in on Scherzer as the Padres are, and someone's going to get him, and it's probably going to be one of those three teams if he goes somewhere. Well, here's the thing. I think the Dodgers are looking at it like we we got to eat the bullet on Trevor Bauer. I said this a, a, a while back across the board. This guy's going to be treated like Ray Rice. He's going to have to go to Japan or Australia. He's not going to pitch in the in, in, in Major League Baseball unless some team is trying to sell some tickets across the board, and then he'll come around. So he's done. He's done. The Dodgers are trying to backpedal this situation, but they know he's not coming back. You send out Dave Roberts to stand here and, you know, kind of quell the, the, the uh, water uh, sprouts on the fire. But, you know, we know he's not coming back. Kershaw is almost done. He's, he's, he's a third-rated pitcher on any other team. He's not a number one starter no more. He's got an ailing elbow. Kenley Jansen's done. And what I'm seeing in the back end of that bullpen, I love Blake Trinan. I love him a lot. But after him, man, you know, you got, you, you're tiptoeing through a minefield with the Joe Kellys 
and some of these other guys they got coming out of that pen, man. I'm telling you, it's 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 and the Dodgers better do something. Whether to get a Kimbrel in there, I've heard Kimbrel maybe going to the Dodgers. You need to get Kimbrel in there and put Kenley Jansen as a setup. But you know what? It's interesting you bring up Kimbrel, man. On Saturday, I was doing my show, and here's the thing: I don't quite understand. I'm going to lay the floor to you. What what is the love fest between Dave Roberts and Kenley Jansen? He figures if Kenley Jansen loads up two guys on the base paths. He's going to figure his way to get out of the inning. It doesn't work that way. This guy cannot close games anymore. You need a closer. And Craig Kimbrough would be the ideal guy to close games for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I would agree, and I think they have to do it at any at all costs. At all costs. I was saying it the, uh, the other um... – the other day on Saturday with my buddy Lucas on Lucas Baseball. Give, give, give up your catcher in the minor leagues. You already got a 22-year-old in Will Smith there that's not going anywhere. If if the yeah, Cubs, K- you know, Kibert Ruiz, yeah, he should. Yeah, uh, if the Cubs want him, give it to him because you need a closer, and Kimbrel now has redeformed himself. I mean, this guy is lights out across the board. I like the way he's pitching. He reminds me of Chapman. He comes in there unorthodox delivery, but the dude can throw. You got to get him because you got to compete with the Giants with McGee and you got to compete with the Padres with Melanson. Yeah, and I think Kimbrell is better than both of them. But while we're on the subject of the West, the NL West, uh, Giants and Dodgers playing this week. Giants 1-2-1 yesterday. Uh, Giants still playing great baseball, holding down that division. We've talked a lot about the Padres Already here, obviously, this series is great for the Padres. If they keep winning, they're guaranteed to gain ground on somebody. But the Dodgers, man, I mean, all these injuries, the Bauer situation, um, I know injuries are not an excuse. And we talked. you talked to me before we even got on today about, you know, the Brewers and the Padres dealing with a bunch of stuff last year when the Dodgers kind of beat them. The Dodgers hanging tough, regardless of the... Um, regardless of their injuries. And right now I look at them as a third place team in that division because of those injuries. But if they can make some moves here in the next couple of days, that would change for me. Well, here, here's what it is. Luke. Dodger fan is sitting there. They said, you know what? We, we got, you know, Trevor Bauer out. We got uh, Clayton Kershaw out. We, we're losing two guys there. Uh, we've got Mookie Betts out. Uh, we've got, uh, Bellinger not really hidden. So if it, if it comes down to matching superstars here, we can match with the, you know, Giants and Padres. Our, 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 you know, because when we get lower down in the lineup, our fifth and sixth guys like Muncie and Taylor are better than anything the Giants and Padres have. That's a wrong approach to take here. We don't have all our guys. And when we have all our guys, we're ready to play the game. That, 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 that shouldn't be the mindset. You got to do whatever it takes to get in this. Injuries are part of the game. The, the, you know, nobody felt sorry for the Padres when they didn't have two starters to throw in the playoff game last year against the Dodgers. Nobody felt sorry for the Brewers when they came in there without Yelich and Braun in there and the, and the Dodgers railroaded them. So these are part of the things. you got to do whatever it takes. To sit back and tell me, well, you know, Bellinger's hitting 177 and he's not quite up to par yet. Another month or so, he'll be hitting. We're going to have Mookie Betts. He's out of the lineup. But our fifth and sixth guys that we really count on, they're, they're, they, they, when, when, we, when we're really loaded up with our ammunition, they're, Taylor and Muncie are better than anything the Padres and Giants. That's a bunch of bull in my book. 
you know, and, and you can't look at it that way. You got to do whatever it takes to bring in the manpower. And you know what? I'll tell you right now, Lou, I think the Dodgers have lost a lot of depth over the years and it's coming back uh, on them full force. Now you lost the Verdugos. You lost the Keke Hernandez. Look what they're doing in Boston. You lose a Jock Peterson now in Atlanta. You lost guys that ate up innings. Once you start to lose these guys, your depth starts to go down. They don't have the depth they once had. Yeah, you can bring up the Rileys and the McKendrys and all these guys from the AAA system, but you know what? They're not the guys you lost, and it's going to take time to build. Of course. I mean, and that's really what happened with all teams. And the Dodgers probably should have won more than one World Series during that time with all those players. They were in three of them, only won one of them. Um, but no matter what your payroll is, unless you're willing to have it at 350, 400 million, and no one is, uh, you're going to lose those players. And those players playing very well in other places. Second half standouts, Mark. I have two teams and two players to discuss expecting bigger or at least better things out of the players and the teams moving forward over the past, over the final two months, I should say. But let's get started with your teams, some standout teams, teams to look at in the second half. or the Well, I'm going to go in the National League. I got two teams other than that, you know, the Padres, you know, and battling the Dodgers and Giants over there. I think these two teams are going to be really instrumental in the second half. Call me crazy, but I think the St. Louis Cardinals are going to do something this week, whether it's to get a Blackman or a story in that lineup to compensate the Schmitz and the, you know, uh, Arenados and all those guys, the Molinas. But I think the Cardinals, keep your eyes on the St. Louis Cardinals the second half. Uh, I think they're going to make the move on the Brewers here. I know what the Reds and all these other teams, you know, are, are doing in the division, but I think the Cardinals are one team. My second team is, I think Joe Girardi is starting to put his fingerprints on the Philadelphia Phillies. If they can solidify that back end of the bullpen, maybe get, get a Kimbrel over there in Philadelphia, blow out Naris and, and, and some of these guys keep building and running, you know, Wheeler out there, get those bats in the lineup. I think Dave Dombrowski, he's, he's always proved he'll do whatever it takes to, 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 to build a winner. You saw in Florida, you saw in Detroit, you saw in Boston, I think the Phillies are another team you got to watch out for. Those are the two teams in the National League uh, I'm looking at. I'll get to my American League right after you come up with your National League, if you have any. No, you kind of stole my thunder in the National League. I'm not even as big of a believer in the Cardinals because of the Brewers. I'm a big believer in them and that pitching. Uh, but I do think the Phillies could be interesting if they make some moves. But I also think if the Mets make the moves they need to make, that division could be over as well. I have two teams I'm looking at, both in the American League, both in the American League East, the Yankees and the Jays. Neither team has lived up to expectations this year. Yankees have had a lot of things go wrong for them, especially with their bullpen, underachieving hitters, whatever it might be. Nothing's good really going right for the Yankees. They're two and a half games out of, of a playoff spot right now. Blue Jays win today over Boston, uh, second of a doubleheader going on tonight. Uh, Blue Jays could find themselves three and a half or three games out of a playoff spot after today as well. Uh, both teams loaded with talent. Jays could use some additional pitching behind Ray and Ryu. Yankees, they're 
lineup has been underachieving, but Torres started to come around. LeMahieu on a nice hitting streak. Judge back from the COVID list. Urshela back from the COVID list. Sanchez has been heating up. They need something more from Giancarlo Stanton. They probably need to make a move or two at the deadline, as do the Jays. But look for the Yankees and Jays, one of these two teams, to make a serious push for that final playoff spot in the AL. Well, I'll agree with you on the uh, Jays. I've, I've been high on the Jays. I said in the start of the year, and I won't back off on it. I think they're World Series bound. I like their generation players. I like their pitching. I know that division's been tough with Tampa and Boston looking up, but I think you're right. I think the Jays now with Springer back in the lineup, I think they're going to do something to get another arm in there. They don't need no more bats. They need to get an arm in there, another arm, that a guy that eats up innings, kind of like a Zach Wheeler type. I would like to see them get Richard Rodriguez from your Pirates. I think they yeah, need some back-end bullpen help too. Something like that, you know, to solidify it. You know, if they, if, 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 they, if they get him in there, that would be a big one. But the other thing is the Red Sox ain't going away. They're dangerous with two outs. They have proven, you know, that whatever's been thrown at them. I said this in the start of the year, that Cora is a winner. He's a player's manager. Everybody loves that guy. And what he's done is he's kind of squeezed that lineup to get every, I mean, it, it's a, it, it's a, gr- that team reminds me of a grinding team. They're, 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 they're just a bunch of grinders over there. You lose a Verdugo, you lose a Keke Hernandez, the Dodgers. That's maybe, you know, the Dodgers are losing. You lose that in a clubhouse. That's huge. You see it in Boston. They get on base. They're, they're, they're excited. You know, the people can feel it. You got, you know, Devers over there, Bogarts. Martinez is rejuvenated. The pitching's starting to come around. Sales, you know, I mean, it's just it, 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 Boston, if they can get another arm in there to solidify, it doesn't matter because I think the Red Sox really believe in themselves. The only, the only lull in this season that I've seen the Red Sox is when they came out to Anaheim and the Angels kind of put a, 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 a slowdown effect on them. But other than that, this Red Sox team, they don't care who they play. They're tough, and uh, they'll, they'll match up with anybody. But I think those two teams, the, the, the Red Sox and the Blue Jays, are going to watch out for. The White Sox, on the other hand, you know, uh, I, I like what LaRusse is doing. That was a big loss. The A's let Hendricks going, another high-energy reliever. And, uh, you know, Chicago's tough, man. They're going to be another one in this thing. Those three teams are going to battle it out. Who else comes out in the, you know, with the, it's the Astros or somebody else? Doesn't really matter. But I think, you know, it's going to come down to one of those three teams doing some damage. Yeah, I like the White Sox a lot. Uh, I did going into the year, I had them with the best record in Major League Baseball. This was before Eloy and Robert got hurt, before I knew what, what Rodon would do. I'm still sticking with it. I really like this team. And speaking of the Red Sox and the White Sox, two teams I know you like from what you just said, I have a player from each of those teams who I think are really going to stand out in the second half. Eloy Jimenez just came back this week, already made his presence fell with a huge home run uh, that gave the White Sox the lead late yesterday for their win. Uh, this is an impact bat, probably the best all-around hitter on the entire White Sox team, and they've been without him all year. And then for Chris Sale, you mentioned him. He's coming back. He's on a rehab assignment. He's going to make a massive impact for this Boston Red Sox team moving forward, regardless of if they do something or nothing. They are going to get Chris Sale back, and that's like acquiring a Max Scherzer type. So uh, for me, those two guys are guys to really watch out for over the last couple months. 
No, and if you get a, a Rizzo in there from Chicago, which Boston's been rumored to get, that's another bat in that lineup. And it just, <laughs> gosh, it, it's to, to, to go through that lineup is going to be so tough for any opposition uh, facing it. I mean, imagine going through that lineup uh, across the board. Oh, yeah, it's already tough without Rizzo. You add Rizzo. And keep in mind that it's not like they'd be replacing a really good first baseman. Bobby Dahlbeck has been pretty terrible, realistically. It's right. second base for them. They have Franchi Cordero playing there a little bit. Their backup plan, in my opinion, and I haven't heard the rumors of it, but I've been talking about it for a month now. I think Jonathan Scope would be a really nice fit in Boston yeah, that's as well. Another not good, as yep. good as Anthony Rizzo because Rizzo's a lefty. Rizzo's a champion. Um, I think he really fits in with the clubhouse there, Rizzo. But Jonathan Scope is a big, powerful, um, right-handed hitter well, who would love to hit in Fenway with yeah. that green monster, having a terrific year for the Tigers. Can play first, can play second. Two of the weakest positions the Red Sox have right now going um, going, I think Scope would be a really nice addition for them if they can't land a Rizzo and probably cost them a lot less than it's going to cost to get Rizzo. Well, and not only that, you saw with the Red Sox, they, you know, Ben Attendi, Bradley uh, Jr., uh, Brock Holt, all these guys they let go. And I really like those three guys, but, you know, everybody thought, you know, well, the Red Sox are going to slip a little. Maybe it's a big fire sale, but they've rebounded in a mighty way. And just the rejuvenated, uh, J.D. Martinez is unbelievable uh, to catch that found in the youth now in Boston again uh, is amazing. And I just think it's just, you know, Cora is the guy. I mean, he brings it, he lets them be themselves. And, you know, that's a big thing where, you know, uh, it's not, you know, they're held down. And, you know, the Red Sox are starting to really enjoy, you know, uh, the second half here. And it's going to be tough to slow them down. I don't think it's going to happen until they – uh, get in the playoffs. No, I think the White Sox might have to be the team to do that. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. I think it, it, it it's going to be Mon- if those two teams get going in it with Larusa and uh, Cora matching wits. That's going to be interesting, and you know uh, who who knows. But the White Sox showed me this weekend against the Brewers that they, they've got a little bit of chinks in the armor there a little bit. Maybe it's you know the Looking at the division, they've kind of blown out with Cleveland nine games out. But just you know, wait, maybe. though, Mark. That was a White Sox without Eloy, without Robert, without Grandal. Right. All those three of those guys on their way back. Eloy already back. That's a third of their lineup and three very good players. Yeah, but here's the thing. Sometimes if you blow out your division, like we saw a few years ago with the Dodgers, a team like the Washington Nationals came in that was playing playoff baseball in August railroads you so this could be the thing sometimes you know you look at the division there's not a lot of competition in that white Sox division you're racking up on the upstart tigers i'll give you absolutely that. oh yeah it's but, the but weakest division in baseball cleveland minnesota you're racking up on the royals i mean these are these are no it's know, a bad division you're absolutely right their schedule has been easy but one thing they have going for them i'm not a big la Russa fan I think that the game has kind of passed by at times, but when it comes to something like this, getting your team ready to win in, in the playoffs, especially after kind of cruising like they have been, if there's one guy I want doing that, it is Tony LaRusa. That's where I do think he will come in handy for a young team, uh, pretty young team at that, team with limited playoff experience at that. 
um, that's where LaRusa is going to play a major role, I think. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Boy, what a show, man. Yeah, tons of info, tons of great stuff. And of course, next week we'll break down all the deals between now and then and whatever else is going on around the league. I do know that Mike Trout suffered a setback in his recovery. Um, and we mentioned Chris Sale, Jack Flaherty on a rehab assignment for the Cardinals could be a big boost for them, a team you said to look out for in the second half of the last couple of months. Flaherty would certainly help that. Any final thoughts here, though, bro? Well, if I'm uh, Mike Trout, just uh, shut the season down. That's the best thing. Come back strong next year. You don't want to risk any more injuries. That's how I'd look at this. Well, he might not be back for what? He might not be back for um, another couple weeks anyway. By that time, the Angels might find themselves out of it anyway. So it might be an easy choice. But this has been Intentional Buck with Lou Landers and Mark Mancini. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the MLB trade deadline. We'll be back. We'll catch you soon.